1: ultimately i'm gonna keep saying it get one percent better every day just get a little bit better every day hey welcome back steven holder here with zach Kiefer another episode of one percent better uh second one this week we are gonna look ahead to sunday's home game uh, against the cincinnati bengals so the colts are what three and two coming off Tough loss in Cleveland. We, you know, gave you our thoughts on that game on Monday, uh, Zach. Now, with a couple days having passed, I, I think we have a little more perspective um, before we look completely ahead. I think you know, maybe put a bow on the the past few days. Maybe we got some interesting perspective from Philip Rivers. <laughs> I thought on Wednesday, yes, and, and that was good. And, and I think we also. I thought on Monday learned some more from from Frank Reich, which was subsequent to our uh, our last podcast. so we didn't get to share those thoughts with you. But I thought we I thought both of those conversations were very interesting. Um, both Frank Reich kind of cleaning up some of the things he said after the game and, and being a little more honest about his assessment. And then Philip Rivers talking about putting games like that behind him, two turnovers the big safety in the end zone. Um, did What were your takeaways from, from what we have heard from those two parties in the last couple of days? And did you did it change your perspective or, or anything on what we saw on Sunday?
2: Yeah, it did, to start with. Um, let's go back to Frank on Monday. He basically backtracked a little bit, which is not something he's done ever, if, if very often at that. Um, and he basically said he was being a little bit dramatic. And I think, you know, I think... Yeah, after the game, you're disappointed, you're angry. Um, you probably say some things you wish you had back. I can totally understand that. I think he was referring to him saying, look, Philip has played great for us and he's the least of my concerns. Because anyone with a pulse who watched the game on Sunday would disagree. And Frank knows that. And Frank knows the quarterback needs to be better. So um, I think that was an acknowledgment that, look, this guy can't keep doing this. I think anyone who's watching these games sees – the quarterback position holding this team back in a lot of ways. And we talked about that on Monday. Today we heard a little bit more buoyant Philip Rivers. He was more energized. You know, the one quote that stood out to me was, shoot, let's go. Individually, I played. I didn't play very well. As a team, we didn't play very well. But what are you going to do about it? Are you going to mope around and get beat on Sunday, or are you going to go out there and play how we know how? So that's a very motivated Philip Rivers who, you know, and I asked Frank Reich, how do you help a guy get past a rough week? And he said we don't want to – this is something he said a lot this season. We don't want to ride the waves of momentum, right? We don't want to react to a great week. We don't want to react to a bad week. Um, I think, to be honest, to summarize what I'm trying to say, it's it's a really good thing that a really bad team is coming into Lucas Oil Stadium on Sunday because this, this arrives at the right time.
1: Yeah, it's kind of just what the doctor ordered, honestly. Right. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals now are 1-3-1 and this season. Uh, they have a lot of problems of their own including trying to break in a, a young rookie quarterback. We'll get to him in a second. Uh, to to kind of continue on what's happening this week before we look forward to the actual game, uh, a, a quick update. We just got done with practice, actually, and I, I saw something very promising. I saw Anthony Costanzo in a uniform and a helmet. and yeah, That has the potential to, to make a big difference, clearly. They missed him on Sunday, no question about it. Big time. I went through the yeah I went through the film with a fine tooth comb, and I got to tell you I mean Miles Garrett wrecked this game. There's no question. It, it was Miles Garrett. You you saw what you saw on Sunday, and the film reinforced it. Really is all it did. Uh, there wasn't any <laughs> there wasn't any di- daylight between what I thought I saw and what I actually saw. <laughs> it was it was dominance by Miles Garrett, who by the way is on his way to like a defensive player of the year type season so He's that
2: was gotta be at the top of your list right Yeah, th-
1: that was as tough a matchup as you're gonna get on the edge this year and they had to do it without their best offensive tackle so you know timing is everything and the Colts timing on that was really bad but Costanza's back out there uh, we did not correct me if I'm wrong Zach I did not see Z- Darius Leonard
2: no well, I looked and I looked and yeah. I looked I did not see him but uh, but it's only
1: Wednesday so yeah. so we'll see uh, got a couple of days still, but I think really the guy who they can't cover up for is Castanzo and Darius Leonard. I think with that deep group of linebackers, I thought those guys did a decent job in his absence. So yeah, especially so that in the they can half. work around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously you want the playmaking that Darius brings, but but they have some other playmakers, and I thought those linebackers held their own. So so we'll we'll keep you posted on on that on the injury front. Uh, I, I guess the other thing. That has kind of been prominent this week is is talking about Frank Reich and his play calling and some of the usage of players and I think there actually are a lot of questions here. Uh, yeah, but but there's also one thing that I think can solve all of this crap. <laughs> okay, and tell me what you think. I think if they can get back to running the freaking ball, that would make life so easier. many of their problems right. I mean. Isn't that where – because that's where everything started from. So now if you lose the basis of your entire offense and you can't do that effectively, then your offense isn't effective. I, I just think that is really where this starts,
2: for me at least. What about you? Go back to week one. Go back to the first drive of the season. Do you remember how impressive that offense was, that first drive in Jacksonville? They could do whatever they wanted. They could it was pick unbelievable. They could whatever spot they wanted to go to on the field. They marched down the field with ease, scored a touchdown, and I thought – They are in business. And now you fast forward to five weeks in, and and the offense is an absolute mess right now. Injuries have played a huge role. It becomes more apparent to me every week how much they miss Marlon Mack. And and to go back to your point about the running game, you know who needs the running game to get going is the the quarterback because he's trying to do too much, and he can't do that right now. It's very obvious for everyone out there watching. Um, The offensive line has done... Decent in pass protection, um, but the running game just isn't taking off like they need it to. Jonathan Taylor's done a fine job, but there's no home run hits. I think there's one run ab- above 20 yards this year. Um, it- it's just, it- even last year, when, when Jacoby Brissett was playing average for the quarterback spot, they were winning games because the running game was taking over. So that's a huge change. That's a huge change for them. And, and you think about it, you know, they have... Eight touchdowns on the year. Four of them have come off the opening drive, and and that tells you something. And they would have had a fifth if Morley Cox caught that pass against the Vikings. Remember, they were down there in the red zone ready to score. So something happens after that first drive, and, and the running game is not going, and the passing game is, is stuck behind it because they're trying to play catch-up like they were in Cleveland. Um, every part of the offense doesn't seem to be in sync right now. It starts with the run game, and that's sort of how they're built, right? They want to run the football. I think you're right. They need to get back to their identity, that being run the football down the throat of the opposing defense.
1: Yeah, I honestly feel like the the issues with or let me rephrase that. What we're seeing with those those first opening drives, I think that is so telling to me because what that tells me is that Frank Reich has some recipes in the cookbook. Oh, okay, for sure. he still he still does, right? And also execution is is obviously a part of that but but those first 15 he told us this week 15 to 20 plays he ac- usually you you hear if you're if you're an avid football fan you've certainly heard about the first 15 yeah. plays of the game and and most coaches do that frank has actually pushed that to 20 plays and then he al- he also sort of uh scripts other stretches in the game you know depending on the the, the field position and, and so forth um he puts together sequences of plays that he can run in other situations as well. Sometimes you get to them, sometimes you don't, but, but their games are are heavily scripted. At least they prepare for certain situations and try to script them when possible. And the bottom line is those opening sequences that are scripted. I mean, they are crushing it, right? As you just said, I mean, the opening drive of the season, I was probably one of their most impressive drives to date. And, I don't understand what's happening after that. When they get off the script, then what's happening? Are they not reacting well to what they're seeing from the defense? Is the defense are these defenses countering what they're what they're seeing from the Colts? Uh, and how are they reacting to what those defenses do? That's a question. Uh, execution becomes tougher as well because now you haven't practiced those other plays as much, so you don't execute them as well. That's potentially an issue. So. You know whether that's something that gets better over time. I'm curious about because there was no preseason, abbreviated training camp, all those things. I don't think that's an excuse. I'm just wondering out loud. You know, if, is that something they can get better at? I don't know, but mm-hmm. but Frank Reich has to figure out a way to fix this. And and as I said, him having success and the Colts having success in those opening drives tells tells you they have some clubs in their bag, and they've got to figure out how to to hit some better shots with those clubs. To continue the, the analogy. Uh, later in games, they're not doing that right now, uh, and and I think that's going to depend a lot on Philip Rivers. I mean, he's going to have to be the guy who is the extension of Frank Reich out there, and and when he's got his own problems, <laughs> you know, you have to wonder how well he can handle the other issues with you know, some of those young players around him. Jonathan Taylor's a a young running back; he's got to keep him in the game and and let him be his eyes and ears and, and pass protection and things like that. So there's just a lot going
2: on. Is it it as simple as this? In their two Mm -hmm. losses, Phillip Rivers has thrown the ball 30 times or more. In their Mm. three wins, he's thrown the ball 29 times or less. Now that's oversimplifying a much more complex five-game season so far, but it seems like that's very telling because they brought Phillip Rivers in here to be an efficient, smart, veteran quarterback. And he has been that in three wins, and the two losses, he's been the opposite, and he's made the mistakes that get you beat. For me, if you break it down, it's that simple. It's that simple.
1: Well, I'll tell you where you're definitely right. I don't disagree with you, first of all, but I'll tell you where it, where it's clear. Is they didn't bring Phillip Rivers in here, as you said, to be a savior. He was Correct. brought here to be sort of an accessory. And yeah. and now, you know, he's when, when there are games where he has to be the dominant – presence that is not the way this thing was designed Uh, and then this gets back to what i said earlier i mean if they get back to running the ball then the need for that is is diminished hopefully right for the quarterback to to be so dominant but you know i think philip rivers himself said this and i don't know if he meant it to be you know this firm of a definition but when he used the term game manager a couple of weeks ago i think he was basically trying to tell us if you don't remember as a a listener uh, this was after i think the vikings game if i'm not mistaken uh where he didn't do a whole lot he threw for i think 214 yards the beauty of it was he didn't have to right and he said you know what if you want to call me a game manager hell call me a game manager yeah he's like as long as we're winning i don't care yeah, and he said, if I can go out there and make good decisions, be efficient, and get the ball to the right guy, hell, I'll be a game manager. That's fine. And I loved that from him because it showed that he understood what they needed from him. And like, it's like, okay, what what that told me was, okay, he gets it. That's good. That tells me, all right, He's so not, Rivers can protect himself from himself.
2: <laughs> right? And then Cleveland in the second half Sunday, your response was, maybe he doesn't get it.
1: <laughs> well, not not that he doesn't get it, but that they they required him to get out of that role that that he was accepting of.
2: He had to be more than a game manager on Sunday. They were down. They were down 10 points. To 10. He yeah. threw a pick. They were down twenty-seven to ten after that. Yeah.
1: yeah. So so I, I it's not that I don't think he's willing to ad, adapt or adopt. Excuse me, that role. He is willing, and I think we've seen that. For, for three games, we saw him adopt that role and happily do it, and they want. But I think it's when he was forced to get out of that that they have problems. So here's the thing. I, I don't know whether F- Frank Reich saw it this way but, You know, when they signed Phillip Rivers. I don't know that he saw him as a game manager, but that's what it's become. And the games where he's not that, then I think they could have problems. I think that will continue to be an issue because – Again, he can be their he can be one of their best weapons in terms of being efficient and so forth, or he can be one of their biggest obstacles. Yeah, so that's that he was the an season
2: obstacle. so far, right? Yeah. And, and Phillips said it today. He's like, "Look, if you look at the tape, you know what what jumps out to me is in our two losses, we've thrown four interceptions and we had the safety." He's yeah. smart enough to know that, and he he called his throw on Sunday, the pick to Ronnie Harrison on the sideline, that everyone saw coming because. He trained his eyes on T.Y. for about four seconds. Rivers called it terrible. So he knows. um, The problem is I'm just not that confident in his arm strength right now. Mm -hmm. And that's an issue because you like the stuff down the middle of the field, even though it takes a little while to get there. He had some nice throws, some throws with anticipation to Marcus Johnson, Ashton Doolin. T.Y. had five or six catches on Sunday. But the ones to the outside, the ones outside of the numbers – are taking too long to get there and that's where he gets in trouble and don't you think defenses know that don't you think defenses yeah. are going to crowd the, the middle of the field and make him try to throw outside and that's where the mistakes come and, and Reich knows this as well but you know you got as a coach you got to put your your players in the best position to succeed that's getting harder and harder because your run game's not going the o, the O line is is not dominating like they were last year. The quarterback can only throw to certain spots in the field. You only have one really game breaking talent in the receiving game, and that's T. Y. Hilton. If he's even that left, you're forcing the ball to Trey Burton. Jack Doyle is invisible because you're not throwing it to him. And Moelley Cox, for reasons I cannot explain, is no longer a central piece to the offense. And I think I think the Browns did a good job of really trying to take Mo Cox away. But that's why you got three tied ten three tight, three tight ends, excuse me. And right. I just can't think of one thing right now. The offense is doing well, so we'll see if they can fix it. But look, the the Bengals are not terrible on defense. They have a good secondary. They are terrible against the run. If you're going to get the run game going, this is the week to do it.
0: Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.
1: So check this out, fans. (laughs) The Bengals allowing 5.2 yards per carry. Now I know that, that statistic can get skewed you know, with some long runs early in the season and all that, but damn, 5.2 yards per carry. I mean, they're averaging per game on defense, allowing 159 rushing yards. So this is right up the Colts' alley. And I I will say, I know looking at the final box score, it doesn't tell you this, but I I think I saw some good stuff from Jonathan Taylor on Sunday. I mean, he was well over, I think he was four, four and a half yards per carry somewhere in that ballpark. He... He made. He's making better decisions. Uh, the the holes are. They're starting to come. They could be better. They could definitely be better. But I I definitely see him getting more out of runs than he had been. And had they been able to run the ball more, you know that that might have actually been the difference in the game or a difference in the game. So so hopefully this game allows them to get back to that. I think running the football is is about continuity sometimes and confidence and, and sort of look at last year around this time, look at how that offensive line was in sync in terms of their run blocking and, and in terms of confidence and they're, they're just expected, they were expecting to dominate up front and they were. And I don't know if maybe I'm over emphasizing the, the mental aspect of it, but um, they're, they're floundering a little bit right now. And I think they, they need to get back to that position of dominance if they can do that, I think Jonathan Taylor is going to benefit, and and I think Frank Reich also. I know he he's big on the running back by committee, but look, the meal ticket is Jonathan Taylor at this point, and he needs right. to understand that. I I don't know that, I, I don't know why he's having a hard time seeing that, but it certainly looks apparent to me that if you I, want to run the football, he's the guy that's going to get you there.
2: Maybe I'm stubborn on this, but I I just think this offense is at its best when they're stubborn about the run game, when they stick mm-hmm. to it even when you doesn't feel like they should stick to it, even when they're down 10. I know you want to get back in the game. I just I just think those long drives, they pay off in a multitude of ways. It wears down the defense. It lets you run the game how you want to run it. It lets you control the clock, and it gets the run game going. It, it really does. If you just keep going, keep going, keep going, then you break one, then you break one. It's a little bit easier with Marlon Mack because he can see the hole, he can hit the hole faster than, than Jonathan Taylor. I get that. But I still think that's the focal point of this offense. It has to be because the passing game isn't doing it right now. The passing game is not going to carry you. You need to get back to who you are. You need to get back to running the damn ball. Anthony Costanzo is back today. That means very likely you're going to have all five starters back on the offensive line after a week. Without AC, let's ride those guys. Those those guys are the engine, right? They're the engine of your offense. Um, That's going to make Rivers better. It's going to make the receivers better. I think that's got to be a huge focal point this week. And if you got to keep Moelle Cox on the line of scrimmage to help him block, do it. Because that's how you're going to set up the play action, and that's how you're going to set up. I mean, they're, they're crowding the box right now because they know Rivers can't beat them. You need to prove that you can run the ball and then continue to prove that throughout the game. I think that just sets up everything for this team. Because you do not have a quarterback right now that can beat the defense.
1: Yeah, and especially where the injuries have, have really impacted uh, the, the talent on the outside. Right, Paris right. Campbell right. and Michael Pittman, who we did see today. Thank goodness, we I, first time I've laid eyes on him in a couple of weeks. So, no cast, no boot right. on the foot, no limp that possibly I possibly back
2: in a, in a couple weeks after the bye, Maybe
1: he's eligible to come back after the bye. and I mean, they need a lift. They definitely need a lift at wide receiver. I, I think. They're we're, they're getting isolated contributions, right? From from a variety of guys. T. Y. Hilton was bigger this week than he has been, so that's good. But uh, I, I don't think they're getting consistent contributions. They're not seeing consistent threats there uh, on the outside, and that's where a guy like Michael Pittman, against especially against the tight coverage they're seeing, uh, he could be a guy who could who could make plays against that, and they need that right now. But but to get back to your orig- to to the original point, there is no question if this team is going to go anywhere this year. This running game has to be significantly better. It's That is what the fundamental bottom line here is. Mm-hmm. If you expect the Colts, if you want the Colts to do anything in 2020, then you better hope that they run the ball better. Because if not, it ain't happening. Okay? I don't know about you, but I watched the Tennessee Titans last night.
2: Okay? Mm-hmm. And if you're not running the ball, you ain't beating that team. Okay? And... If you're not bringing it on every level, you're not beating that team. Tennessee looked good, and they didn't even practice before this game. And I think the Bills are pretty good, too. And they Mm -hmm. dismantled Josh Allen and the Bills. So, at this point, the AFC South to lose is the 4-0 Titans. They're the team to beat right now. No question.
1: Yeah, and if the Colts want to have a chance to get it, whether it be a wild card, the division, whatever the case might be, if they want any shot at that, uh, and particularly, they have two games left against the Titans. They haven't played them yet. Yeah, they are they they are not going to be able to beat that team playing a one dimensional game. Uh, by that, I mean defense. You know, with the offense not doing its part, that's not going to beat the Titans. They can score, they can defend, and they're going to make you work. They're going to make you have to play all three phases. So they got to get it done. And it's not just them. I mean, the schedule is what it is. You guys have seen it, so you know what it. You know what's in store. You're not going to get to the postseason running the ball the way they are now. In my opinion, that will not happen. So that's what it is. That's what's at stake here.
2: That's, that's basically it. What did Philip Rivers say today about win totals this season? He said, In all my years playing football, you know, and all the good teams I was on, the 10, 11, 12 win teams, you know, you were able to bounce back from rough games. He said, I think this is one of those teams. Th- this is how you do it. I mean, you're, you're not beating anyone. They haven't beaten anyone really impressively so far. Um, I think if you get off to a good start, you'll give yourself a chance to do that. But I think you're right. you got to get that running game going because you got two against Houston, two against Tennessee. you got Green Bay, who's playing great on defense, let alone on offense right now. And you got Baltimore. And Baltimore is the only team allowing fewer points per game than the Annapolis Colts defense right now. So you've got some tough tests ahead. If you don't get the running game going, you can kiss a 10, 11, 12-1 season goodbye.
1: Hmm. Well said. Well said. Now, I want to take a look at the Bengals a little bit, not because they're all that interesting, although I, I think there's one particular... They're not. Particular <laughs> <laughs> they're not. But, but there's one particular aspect that I think our listeners will will really identify with. And uh, he he being Joe Burrow, their, their young quarterback, so much promise. And we knew this, I mean, this would be a tough year for him, right? Because they're, they're still building. They got a lot of building left to do. But, man, this guy... Number 1 overall pick in the NFL draft this year, he has been under assault. This yes. kid, check this out. He's been dra- he's been sacked, excuse me, 22 times in 5 games. 22 times. I looked this up. Remember 2 years ago when when the Colts were by far the best pass protecting team in the NFL? Andrew Luck in 2018. He was sacked 18 times the entire season. All right. This kid's been sacked twenty-two times in five games, and why is this relevant to you as a Colts fan, other than they're playing the Colts? Because we've kind of been here before, not to this extent, but we've kind of been here before.
2: He's on pace for seventy sacks. It's ridiculous. This is a quote. This is a quote that'll just wow you. I was talking to the Bengals writer this week, and I said, "How is Joe holding up?" Because what I've seen, he's he's tremendous if he has protection. And he said, "You know what? This is what Joe said last week. He said he's okay in the pocket." And I quote Joe Burrow, quoting here. He said, "I can. I'm okay if I if I have to make one or two guys miss in the pocket. That is not a good way to play the quarterback position. If you're just like, you know, what I'm going to have to make one or two guys miss. That's a terrible approach. Right. And it's going to hurt, man. It's hurting now. And you know, you looked it up. Everyone listening out there knows what happened to Andrew Luck. He was sacked a hundred times his first three years." He was beaten down, and I don't want that to happen to Joe Burrow because Joe Burrow is such a fun talent to watch. Um, they can't protect him right now, and the Colts have a really good defensive line. They can get to your quarterback in a lot of different ways, up the middle, up the edges with the linebackers, even with corner blitzes from Kenny Moore. So um, that's the game plan this week. Make Joe, make Joe Burrow's life miserable, and this is, this, this is going to be tough for the Bengals because the Colts are really good at all three levels on defense.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is a game where you you overcomplicate this. It's like go get the quarterback. <laughs> yeah. I mean, go get the quarterback. Now the, the Colts blitz uh probably less than just about anybody in the NFL. So so we'll see whether they can do it with four with with four linemen and and whether they bring any additional blitzes. With a young quarterback, maybe they get out of character and get a little more aggressive. That's potentially uh something they may do. We'll see. But uh but but for sure, I mean, you got to get to the quarterback. They're vulnerable there. And so you're looking for strengths and weaknesses. Well, you know what the weakness is here. No question. Uh, they You still have to stop the run. Joe Mixon, very good running back. But he's struggling too, and I think that's because teams know if you shut down the running game, you're going to put the, the ball in the hands of that young quarterback and have to make him make plays. And that's mm-hmm. that's always going to be a disadvantage. So Joe Mixon right now averaging 3.7 yards per carry. Uh, just got a big contract extension, uh, but yeah, tough, tough sledding for him right now. So, so we'll see. I think the Colts they have to go in here and just try to figure some things out. I think this. I'm not saying you take this opponent lightly, but I think this could be a game where maybe they work some things out and and at least try to get on track going into the bye. You know, momentum is is probably overstated as a factor, but. It doesn't hurt going into a bye week to have some, Let me some ask optimism, you, this.
2: you know. So, let's say they win by 10 or 15 on Sunday. It's a nice win. Does it change your opinion of them? Do you learn anything about the Colts on Sunday if they win easy? No, I think you learn about
1: as much as you learn from them playing Minnesota and the Jets, <laughs> you know, right. which was
2: I don't not think that anyone much. disagrees that they can't beat bad teams.
1: Right. I think we're it's very clear. They have they have what what right now Looks like an elite defense Yeah I mean, I, I think Well, they've still got to prove it Against some
2: stiffer competition But they're certainly flirting with that Right? So I'm, I'm buying the defense I don't yeah. know if they'll end number one in the league But, but I they're think good. they're going to be They're they're good, man They're, they're, they're legitimately good They're right, legitimately they good on
1: defense But you're right So, I mean, that that right there Gives you a leg up against bad teams Okay? Yep. I mean, they could have Shoot The defense could have beaten the Jets by itself without any points from the offense, okay? That's the game they played that day. So, yeah, I'm not worried about them beating the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, of course, they could certainly get upset. Anything can happen, right? I'm not suggesting the Colts are going to just walk in there um, and and win the game without lifting a finger. They got to bring it, right? This is This is the NFL. But I'm just saying this is not what worries me. What worries me is can they get where they say they want to go? And that I don't know. That, that's, that's a question, question
2: we had after those first few wins. We said, well, let's see them do it against a really good team. I think the Browns are pretty dang good. I think they're in the AFC. They're very much in the AFC playoff picture. Whether they can make it in that really, really tough division with Baltimore, Pittsburgh, that remains to be seen. But I think the Browns are good. And the Colts did not come out of that looking very good, especially the quarterback. And that's the biggest question. I don't think we get an answer to that until November, to be honest, because they've got Cincinnati on Sunday, they've got the bye. They play Detroit, who's a mess right now. And then I think it starts to heat up, and we'll see Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. We'll see Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. We'll see two against the Tennessee Titans in a three-week span, if I'm correct. Um, that's what we're going to see. So I don't think the Colts can change a lot of minds on Sunday, even if they win big against the Bengals. But um, we're getting closer to finding out if they're for real. If they're 5-2 and two going into that November stretch, um, it's it might be a very misleading 5-2. and two.
1: I will say this here's where the next Sounds two familiar, games are
2: not it yeah, it does here here's where the next two games are huge
1: they're huge in that they can't lose them, okay <laughs> because, yeah. because yeah. they don't have margin for error right and and not because they're three and two that's that's indecent you're in decent shape at three and two It's more about what what is to come. I mean, we haven't even talked about Houston, who obviously is a terrible record, but still has a lot of talent and, yeah. and now and, and may be inspired, who knows, after the changes that have been made. I mean, look, they're, they're never going to – Houston ain't ever laying down against this team. Okay, so right. we know that. There's, those games are always hotly contested. So the schedule is a beast in that second half coming out of the bye. So it is what it is. So, like I said, that's where a game against the Cincinnati Bengals doesn't sound like much when the schedule comes out in May. And you know what? Right now, it's massive. Okay. It's a huge game because they need a win and they need to fix their issues. So will we learn anything about them? I don't know, but but I do think it can be useful in terms of getting back on track. So, And you know who,
2: who – I mean, last point, you know who needs to have a good game, a quiet game. And, yes. and by that I mean no negative plays, no head-scratching interceptions, is Phillip Rivers. Yeah. More than anything, going into the bye, he needs to reestablish himself as a quality quarterback who can – Make the plays to help his team to win the game, and most importantly, not make the plays that lose you the game. Yeah,
1: and we'll see. I, I'm very interested to see if if Philip can just revert to the role he had in the last few games, uh, and that. But but again, that's not really dependent on him to some extent. You know, it's dependent on external factors and how the game goes, uh, how many points they need, all of those things. You know, can they run the ball? A lot of external factors there that that impact uh, how Phillip Rivers plays because it will impact what they need from Phillip Rivers. So we'll see. Uh, we will see. But, but again, uh, just handle their business, and uh, at this point, that's where they are. They just got to get the wins where they can and then just try to keep getting better and get, and get healthier too, which is another factor here. So we'll see. Let's, one quick thing before we go. Uh, prediction. Thoughts? Uh, I get the Colts by
2: 14. Okay.
1: I like the uh, defense,
2: and I think they're going to make Joe Burrow just really have to earn it on Sunday. And he's going to make a couple plays, a little bit like Sam Darnold did against mm-hmm. the Colts a couple weeks ago. But I just, I just, I think the Colts, they seem to really, really bring it at home. So I think they're going to do the same on Sunday.
1: Yeah. I, I would say uh, Colts, oh, I don't know. I think like a 24 14 type of game is what I would say. Um, you know, it, it's probably going to be tough for Cincinnati to. To light up the scoreboard in this one. I just think the defense is in a groove right now. And uh, he they'll, they'll test him just because Burrow is talented. So he'll make some plays and get off schedule a little bit. Maybe get out of the pocket and do some things. But uh, mm-hmm. it's hard to sustain that. So, uh, Especially against a, a fast defense like this. Fast and aggressive defense. So I'll say 24-14 Colts. And they go get some rest and then we'll see what happens in Detroit. So that's it for us. Uh, Thanks for listening. Lots of great coverage on The Athletic. Uh, We appreciate each and every one of you subscribers who continue to come to us in droves, um, over a million strong. And we can't thank you enough. So uh, we've got coverage of the game coming up, coverage of the week. uh, That is before we get to game day. And uh, we'll be back here, what, I guess Sunday night, Monday morning with another podcast recapping... Colts and Bengals on Sunday before what twelve thousand five hundred fans at Lucas Oil Stadium, so that'll be nice. Yeah, almost
2: back to sixty thousand, not quite.
1: (laughs) Getting there, getting there. Hey, thanks again. I'm Stephen Holmes, Zach Kiefer. Thanks for listening to One Percent Better.